We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Jackson. Uh, here on another Thursday. It's Thursday, February the 23rd. Thank you for making us a part of your week. We're with you this week and then again next week. And then we're going to have a couple weeks where we are uh, unavailable. Uh, I have work. Martin's got work. So we've got a couple things going on. But then we'll get back to you but today we're gonna have an interesting show because i'm gonna throw something at martin that we've done no show prep on he told me he was uh super busy yesterday that that they uh were busy there at pinnacle i have a suspicion that i i know why and so i'm gonna roll the dice and i'm gonna take a gamble and throw something at him and see uh, his reaction to it so uh first i'll tell you that i'm coming to you from the clark ford studios clark ford's in amory mississippi 662-257-1900 is the number call it ask for Corey clark Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line, no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, the rest completely up to you. You can shop it around or do what I've done. What I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. Again, 662-257-1900. Martin, before we get rolling, tell the people uh, what's going on at Pinnacle and how they can get in touch with you guys. Uh, yeah, man. We, uh, we uh, man, I would say business as usual. Uh, it's not businesses. As usual, I had a, I had kind of a wild day yesterday. Um, it was kind of a cool, a cool experience though. Uh, I was, I was out of the office. Um, one of the leadership groups that I'm a part of, we had quote unquote government day yesterday. So we spent the entire day down at the, at the state Capitol meeting senators, meeting representatives, you know, building relationships, talking, learning how the sausage gets made. Um, it was actually really fascinating. Something you would have probably, uh, really enjoyed. Neil, but, um, but, uh, man, we are getting, we're getting things settled here. Uh, I'll report to all of our listeners who I know are really, really interested in our furniture situation, which has been very, very, uh, uh, I guess frustrating is probably the, the PG word that I'll use. Um, man, we're actually starting, we've got all of our stuff in up front. It's starting to look like a, like a real boy is here. Um, but that hasn't changed any the way we operate with with clients really focusing on 
you know, making sure that we've got a, a good plan in place, you know, in the event that uh, markets don't cooperate, which a lot of times they don't, uh, that that folks are, are still in a good situation for meeting their goals in the future. Um, you know, a lot of folks have, we've gotten, we've gotten several new clients recently that have been the, the do it yourselfers and have said, Hey, look, I need some help with this piece. And they just did the investment piece all by themselves. And we've come in and really helped them on the planning piece and, and kind of taken over the investment management part. But, um, you know, that's kind of, if, if, if you're in that situation and, and, uh, you know, you've been going at it alone and you want some help, that's uh man, that's really our, 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 our strong foot for, for helping folks figure out and navigate the, the path to achieving goals, whether it's retirement or, you know, or anything else or, um, or a hell, even if it's, you know, you don't know what you're doing and you just need a little, a little suggestion. Um, you know, we're happy to do that. You can call us 601-957-0323 or email info at mypinnwealth.com. All right. So it's been a rough, been a rough year, two years, three years in some ways for uh, people like me who don't even open their 401k statements anymore. I don't want to know. It's so good. It's bad. I don't want to know. Everybody tells me that's good. Don't look at it. I'm like, well, it is my money. Um, you know, I mean, I'll be honest. I've watched this happen the last few years. I, I'm, I'm not alone in this. Okay, so there's a lot of people that will do the deal about. Well, you're just, you're being a right winger. I always love that one. I'm like, well, what does that have to do with anything? Um, you're you're just being negative. No, I'm 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 not. I'm not being negative. But I'm 53 years old, and I had, I've worked pretty hard, uh, and I've saved a lot of money, and hoped to retire. And you watch your retirement savings um, dwindle and you go, well, will we be able to retire? Will we be able to afford to do any of the things that we once wanted to do? I don't think that's a right wing thought. Um, right. You know, I don't I don't know what that has to do with politics. I'm, I'm very clearly uh, not a fan of this president, not a, not a fan of this administration. I don't like a lot of the things that he's done, but that doesn't really have anything to do with my retirement. Um, it feels like. Uh, it feels like there's an attack on small business if I have one negative things to say. But anyway, getting to this, get a text yesterday from my wife. Um, and she's wanting to know, let's see, I'll, 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 I don't, hey, check on this basically. Uh, we need to discuss this. I'll send you a number. See if there's something safer that we can put our money and our daughter's money in for the time being. Okay, so I'm driving down the road. I'm like, whoa, it sounds serious. And I get to a stopping spot, and it's an article in the Daily Mail. And these articles are everywhere. Uh, U.S. stocks enter, quote, death zone, end quote. Morgan Stanley issues dire warning to investors who, quote, followed prices to dizzying heights amid fears that S&P 500 could plummet 26% within the month. Uh, U.S. stocks have risen to unsustainably high levels and are facing near certain losses once investors realize that the Federal Reserve will likely not pivot later this year, according to a group of Wall Street strategists. Morgan Stanley chief U.S. equity, I love that word, strategist Michael Wilson, even though it's a different kind of equity, we're all talking about equity these days, issued a note this week arguing that the market has entered a level called the, quote, death zone. 
which in a in a mountain climbing is the term used to describe an altitude so high that climbers can't get enough oxygen. Either by choice or out of necessity, investors have entered stock have followed stock prices to dizzying heights once again as liquidity allows them to climb into a region where they know they shouldn't go and cannot live very long, he wrote to investors. Um, many fatalities in high-altitude mountaineering have been caused by the death zone, either directly through loss of vital functions or indirectly by wrong decisions made under stress or physically weakening that leads to accidents. This is a perfect analogy for where equity investors find themselves today and, quite frankly, where they've been many times over the past decade. It's time to head back down to base camp before the next guide down in earnings, he continued. So, obviously, people read articles like that, and they panic, and they call people yep. like you and people like your uh, colleagues at Pinnacle, and they say, do I need to move all of my money to something safer? I suspect you're getting those calls. What are you telling people? Yeah, you know, I guess one of the things, fortunately, and I and, and we don't do this with people's 401ks, but you know, one of the things that we're able to do for our clients is on the front end, we make an agreement actually in our, what's called our managing agency agreement. Um, and we say, Hey, we're going to make all the investment decisions on your behalf and we're going to choose a range of, you know, of, uh, volatility or ups and downs, you know, that you're comfortable with. And, and we're going to make those adjustments without calling you without asking your permission. And, uh, and we do that. And so we don't have, we do have folks that call in concerned, um, you know, about where, you know, what, what's going to happen in the next couple of months. I mean, and I had, I had one of those phone calls, you know, this morning and it was a very reasonable, um, you know, phone call. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't high emotion, knee jerk, but everyone is the, the questions are, are very similar in the, um, you know, like, Hey, where do we go from here? Where does the markets, you know, go from here? And so there is, I'm going to say there's a little bit of sensationalism in the article that you mm -hmm. read. Um, and that, yes, there is the quote unquote, you know, death zone. And there's a metric that everyone can look at that's uh, called the price to earnings ratio for stocks. And it, it kind of tells you how expensive or inexpensive stocks are based on current earnings. So it's the price of the stock divided by the earnings, you know, of that stock. And, um, you know, we are right now that earnings, that price to earnings ratio is a, is a little above, you know, historical averages, but it's not what I would consider, you know, the death zone um, above those averages. You know, that that did happen in 2000, the tech bubble burst. The price of stocks relative to their earnings were so dislocated because the price was so high relative to the earnings that the company was making. You're kind of like, all right, what are you actually paying for then? Because, you know, it makes sense. Like, let's just, let's just say, uh, Let's, let's bust this down into an, an easy to understand or an easier to digest, um, you know, analogy. So let's say that Neil, you have a, 
you have a yard business, right? And you have a bunch of customers that are clients that, that have an agreement with you that say, Hey, look, I'm, I want you to cut my yard, um, you know, every two weeks for just a hundred bucks for every two weeks. That's a, that is a very kind of, uh, easy to, it's a, it's a business that is stable and easy to kind of value. Cause you can say, Hey, I'm willing to pay, you know, if you're going to sell me your, your yard business and you have all these contracts, um, you know, I'm willing to pay, you know, five times the, the, the earnings revenue for the value of your business. But let's say that, you know, you've got another guy and I'm going to switch gears into a totally different industry, you know, uh, a tech company that you've invented this new app or this new software and you spend so much money on research and development um, that you're making money, but you don't have any profits. You know, some people will say, well, I'll pay up or I'll pay more for that tech business because down the road, we think we're going to be able to turn this thing into a, you know, a profitable company, but right now it has no earning. It has no in net income, no profits. It shows a loss every year. So you're, 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 you're paying a, you know, um, you're paying a very, a much higher price because there's no earnings, you know, in the business. And so stocks are very similar and not, they're not all created equal. So you have a company like, let's say Walmart. Walmart is not sexy. Walmart's going to sell peanut butter. It's going to sell toilet paper. You know, it's going to sell all of the staples that people need on a, on a daily basis. It's pretty consistent cash flows. They don't use, you know, they don't use crazy financial um, strategies to, to generate additional earnings. It's, it's pretty boring, pretty stable, you know, versus Tesla that, you know, was made no money, but made electric cars. So I would say the valuation is different on, on both of those. Cause you can kind of look at Walmart and say, Hey, you know, based on, you know, the past several years, they generally make X number of dollars a year. It's pretty, pretty dependable, you know, pretty, pretty consistent. Uh, and Tesla is, is not. So there's, you know, saying the whole market is bad or the death zone is not very fair. Uh, there are parts of the market that, you know, that definitely are. Um, but you know, one other thing that the, I guess the, in the article that they wrote about is something we've been consistently saying, you know, I t I've said, and I've been very, uh, very consistent about this, that the, I don't see how the fed is going to drop interest rates this year. And people are set, we're saying it and I just couldn't get behind it. I just didn't understand how they even get to that scenario. Uh, so I, you know, and I do think that, um, the fed is going to probably, I, th I think we'll get a rate hike in March. Um, you know, we, we may even get a couple of others, you know, in the year, but I just don't think we're going to get a decrease in interest rates this year. And that does make it tough for, it makes it harder for stocks, um, you know, cause they've got to make adjustments, you know, companies that were using a lot of debt to finance their operations, you know, find themselves in a situation of where, you know, the cost of borrowing has increased significantly. So, you know, their bottom line number is, is impacted by that because they have less cash 
because they've had to pay in higher interest, um, you know, on their, on their short-term financing. So, you know, there are, there are areas of the market that, that, uh, you know, I think people who are really nervous, you know, maybe you don't sell all of your stocks, uh, because you need them for long-term growth, but you know, if you're in a really nervous position, I mean, you can get paid to sit on the sideline right now with short-term treasury bills. I mean, you make in a three-month and six-month treasury, you're making almost, well, over five in the six-month, almost five in the three-month. And I mean, and shit, man, that's about as guaranteed as you can possibly get. Because even in banks, you know, let's say you've got a million bucks. You know, the bank is only going to insure up to 250000 of that million. So if a bank goes belly up, you got 250 is insured. But your other 750 is is not insured at all unless you go spread it around a bunch of different banks. That's kind of a pain in the ass where you just buy a treasury for a three-month or six-month. And, you know, you can't say the word guaranteed in my business, but the U.S. Treasury, the three-month and six-month bill is pretty much guaranteed. Uh you know, you can put it in the goes bankrupt. You put it in the Ukrainian treasury and we're all good to go. I mean, it's been funded. I mean, geez. Right. I'm gonna buy some Ukrainian you know, pensions. I mean, those are getting funded. Well, dude, I, and there's I get it that there's a lot of anxiety right now. Um, you know, and and there's and there was blood in the street last year, you know, when everyone's in everyone's accounts. And, you know, we were we started recovering. Uh, you know, last week has been Markets have been down, but we're still positive for the year. Um, but you know, it's for every time, every time one of our clients is sending us cash right now, uh, and they're saying, Hey, what do we do with this? I'm just saying, Hey, for right now, we're just going to park on the sideline. We're going to buy, we're going to buy treasuries. And, and, you know, at some point it will become apparent to us that it's time to move that cash, you know, other places and invest in other places. But, but right now, man, that's, uh, I mean, it's just like when in 20, 2020, when kind of the, the shit hit the fan and oil was depressed so much when I had clients that came with cash, like, man, we bought some Chevron, we bought Exxon Mobil, we bought Conoco Phillips and those stocks ripped, you know, and, and we've trimmed some from those, uh, but you just kind of knew it was like that, that market was so dislocated that it wasn't going to stay, you know, down for long. And then of course we had, you know, inflation just was the rocket strapped to the back of, you know, those companies backs. Um, because, you know, when oil and gas prices went up, they just made more money in the value of the business, the value of the stock uh, went up. But so like right now, when someone says, Hey, what's your sexiest idea? I'm like uh, six month treasury is my sexiest idea. And that doesn't mean it's my sexiest idea forever, but it is for right now. So would you say that the majority of the people that, that do business with you are, are concerned or are most people just kind of doing what I'm doing, which is I'm going to ride this. I'm not going to look at it for a while because if I look at it, I'm going to get panicky. I'm going to get stressed. I'm just going to yeah. pretend that it's not there and hope that in a few years, everything's back. Yeah, man, I think people are definitely concerned. Um, you know, and we have in our client meetings, 
you know, that's the question. That's the first question that gets asked is, um, you know, hey, what is, how does this look going forward? You know, and my response to everyone this year has been very honest and, um, and it's, and, and my, I say to them, you know, the, I think stocks have, it's a coin flip this year. It could be, you know, stocks could rip and be up 20% this year. Uh, they could also get their nuts kicked in and, you know, be down 15 or 20%. It's a, it's a total coin flip. Uh, a lot of that drives is driven on what the fed does. And right now, the only, the only tool that I'm willing to put my clients in that is, um, call it fed proof where whatever the fed does helps it is three month and six month treasuries, you know, and if, if, and no one is complaining when I say, Hey, we're going to get 5% guaranteed on these. And if they raise, if they raise rates again, uh, it's going to go up a little bit more. So when we roll it, we'll roll it into a higher, you know, higher paying treasury and it's short term. So also if we have to pivot, like if we figure out, okay, stocks got bludgeoned and they're down 20%, we're going to rotate some of this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast you know, the bond money, the treasury money in the stocks and we'll ride it up when it comes up. Or if interest rates, you know, continue to go up and then the long end of the, of the interest rate curve, like the 10 years, the longer term bonds, if those rates are, you know, going to arise, finally catch up with the short term side, I'll lock in some of those long-term, uh, long-term rates. So it's kind of, you know, we're at the fork in the road right now. and and instead of, you know, making a decision on, do I go left or go or do I go right? I'm just going to sit down at the fork and, you know, eat my sandwich and have a little picnic until, until the toilet flushes or the shit hits the fan. And I go, okay, I'm going left or, okay, I'm going right. But I don't know yet. We're at an inflection point. One of the interesting things. And that's honest. Yeah. One of the interesting things was I had a conversation about, you know, how much does, does politics impact this? And I was told, you know, historically, and this might not be what everybody wants to hear, that historically the stock market doesn't really change that much, whether it's a Democrat or a Republican or 
how much political volatility there is or isn't. This, these are just cycles, and that, that's what we're in right now. And we're so used to being in a, I guess a bear market is the term I'm looking for, that when the economy changes a little bit, when there's an economic, we're having a bit of a reset, let's face it. I don't mean a, I don't mean a cultural reset. I think we're having one of those too, but we're having a market reset. And so yep. people just aren't used to it. And so people like us, not you, Martin, but people like me who don't do it for a living, it's sometimes it's kind of shocking because we got so used to growth, 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 growth. And then there's, like you said, there's blood in the streets and you panic a little. Yeah. I mean, look, man, the last, the last time we really had a big shock was 15 years ago. And there's so many people that are, uh, you know, I mean, think about where you were 15 years ago, right? Not from, not from a, you like where you were from a job standpoint, but like for you, you just said you're, you're 53. Yeah. I was 38 right? years old. I was so just, you were 38. You had a young family, Very. you know, you were trying to hustle, you know, put food on the table, make sure bills were paid. And I'm sure you were probably sticking a little bit of cash away and savings in a 401k, but but that wasn't what you're, you weren't thinking about retirement. You're no. thinking about, you know, I got to take care of my family. Yeah. I was thinking so about, I was thinking about every day. I was thinking about, Hey, they're going to go to college one day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Frankly, I was so, planning for these years that I'm in right now. Yeah. And so, and, and since then it's been, you know, the sun has been out, the grass is green, the birds are chirping, you know, everything's been great. Uh, and then, you know, we have our first year, or first kind of uh, batch of of uh, of really bad markets, and and people are just not accustomed to it, uh, and and you know, and it takes some adjusting to get used to. Whereas, like you know, the guys that were fifty three years old in two thousand eight, um, you know, we're, we're we're asking the same questions you're asking now, like, oh my god, am I going to be able to retire? Uh, you know, I was banking on you know, banking on this for, to be there in retirement. And the truth of the matter is, is most people kind of save what they're going to live off of in retirement. The, like the last 15 to 20 years before retirement. So you're, you're right in the thick of it, Neil. And, and probably a lot of our listeners are, you know, ages are, are kind of spread out. I'm sure we have the younger guys who are, you know, working their first job, um, you know, just kind of starting to put things in. We've probably got guys with, uh, you know, with, with young kids. And then we've got some folks that are, that are in the, you know, in your boat where, you know, kids are almost out of the house uh, and you're really starting to look at, Oh God, do I have, you know, enough saved or am I going to, am I going to be able to retire with some dignity? Um, you know, and, and it's been these last, especially last year, and last year was, I'm going to call it worse than. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just going to say I'm going to call it worse than than 2008 from looking at the portfolio because everything was red. Everything. Now in 2008, stocks were down, you know, almost 50 percent, but your bonds were up, right? So there was at least like a portion of your portfolio where you know, you had, you could, you could escape. There was some safety there because if you had a 50, 50 portfolio in 2008, we're just going to do the math, you know, on air and I suck at public math. So let's say 
2008, your portfolio is down, stocks are down 50, let's say it's 50% of your portfolio. So that's a negative 25%, you know, uh, attribution of return to the total return. If 50% of the portfolios were bonds, and let's just say bonds were up five in 2008. So that's a positive two and a half uh, percent return. So negative 25 plus two and a half is negative 22 and a half percent. Now this year, if you were 50, 50 and at the bottom stocks were down 30, right? So that's negative 15% contributed from half the portfolio being down 30 and bonds were down 16 at the same time. So that is a negative 8% contribution return, negative 15 and negative eight is negative 23%. In 2008, if you were same scenario, you were down 22.5%. So people experienced the same type of, of downturn in their total return of their portfolio. It just looked different than it did in 2008. And it was bonds that got completely murdered last year. And I think people didn't realize that bonds could go down as much as they did because generally they don't move like that. So we had a blended return, blended portfolio return that was very similar to 2008 last year. It just didn't feel like it, you know, in the broad economy. Yeah, you talk about with dignity. Uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal. Oyen Adeoyen. I'm sorry. I'm sure I'm butchering that. Uh, more parents are moving in with their young adult children, and they're doing it while they're younger, healthier, and often still working. That's not good. One in four Americans aged 25 to 34 lived with parents or older relatives as of 2021, the fastest-growing segment in multi-generational households. According to data from Pew Research Center, most of this group is adult children moving back in with their parents. But a significant number of older adults are moving in with millennials. In 2021, 9% of multi-generational households were headed by a 25 to 34-year-old, up from 6% in 2001. The last time this happened, by the way, that these numbers got this high, would you care to guess? 2008? Yep. <laughs> 2008. Wash, rinse, repeat, huh? Things just sort of cycle. That's what happens. Well, dude, and, and I mean, and, and we really did have portfolio blended portfolio returns and i realize not everyone is 50 50 but in 2008 everyone wasn't 50 50 either but i'm just trying to make an apples to apples comparison um you know and you know and i and i let me go see or actually let me do this will you will you do me a favor yeah uh will you look up just real hit a quick google search and say uh you know the uh barclays aggregate um, bond index return 2008 because I want let's let's put real numbers with it versus my you know let's say it returned around five percent bond because I want I, hold on. Uh, return Barclays 2008 2008 yep Barclays aggregate bond index return 2008 yep by the way I've gotten where I use DuckDuckGo as much as I use Google um let's see All right, let's see. And it'll be... 2008, here it is. Uh, okay. 
minus 74.02%. <laughs> All right, that's a uh, That's what it that says. Definitely the Barclays aggregate? No, that's I don't know. Someone here, let me let me let me I'll use the phone real quick. I'll be right uh, back. Hold on one second. Go ahead. Yep. People are going to be like, why do they have all this silence? Sorry, listeners. This is, this is us nerding out. All the silence is deafening. I'm sorry. I had to turn some air down up here. I was literally about to pass out. You're good. All right. So I found it. Uh, it's it was up six percent. So five point five point eight eight. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't know how to read all these numbers. No, you're good, dude. You're good. I just I just pulled the phone out and did it. Uh, so we so those were pretty. I was pretty pretty close. So I won't I won't modify the numbers. So. If you were 2008, a 50 50 portfolio, you know, was down 22.5%. And in 2022, if you were a 50 50 portfolio, you know, you were down 23%. So it's, I mean, the return is the, is the exact same. We just had a, we just had a crazy, uh, a crazy environment in 2008 that we just did not have. Um, and two different drivers. I mean, 2008, the driver was stocks. Uh, you know, in 2022, I mean, stocks were down, but bonds were the ones that that, that killed. Um, so, you know, po people experienced a very 2008-ish um, return in their portfolios last year, but you know, there wasn't uh, there wasn't the global financial crisis that we were having in two in like we did in 2008. So, I also think that you know, there's the recovery, you know, will probably be a little bit, uh, I'll call it slower than 2008 because we didn't really have, you know, this huge leg down in the stock side of the portfolio. Uh, and that's why I say it's, you know, this year's a coin flip. If earnings are down, um, you know, we'll, stocks will go down. If earnings are positive for the year, you know, stocks could go up. So it still makes sense to keep stocks in your portfolio. But you know, if clients are coming to me right now saying, hey, I've got this cash and, you know, I need to, you know, I need to do something with it. I'm just, I'm just sitting on the sidelines at the moment and getting paid to sit on the sidelines. And I know that sounds very like vanilla, stir the oatmeal, very boring. Um, but, but boring is okay. Sure. At the moment. Sure. Boring is better than volatile. Yeah. You know, and the other thing with bonds, you know. If, if things get nasty, um, you know, safe bonds will perform very well this year. Uh, you know, the, the high yield bonds, if things get nasty, I mean, it could get nasty in the, in the high yield bond areas too. So when people are looking at their, you know, at their portfolios, it also does matter what the quality of bonds you have in the portfolio. So if your if your bond portfolio is, you know, core, and you know, a lot of times they'll actually say core bonds in the funds in your uh, you know, in your 401k or or it'll say intermediate term bonds, you know, you're okay 
in those regards. But if you're, you know, if you see anything where it says high yield, I mean, high yield definitely long term makes more. But in a, if things get skittish uh, this year, I mean, high yield bonds, they behave just like stocks. So they'll go down as well. Anything else you want to get to before we uh, start to wrap it up? No, well, I don't know. Did I answer? I don't know if I actually answered the. You did. You, know, you did. The question. The, the, que- so. the, the answer is if you, unless you are really, really close to retirement, at which point you need to sit down with your advisor, whether it's you or whoever, and have a real conversation, the answer is do what I'm doing and yep. cro- cross your fingers a little bit. Well, and the good news. So when people are, I think, are I think what scares, I think what scares people is this. This is what scares people, and I don't want this. I'm not going to turn this into a 25 minute rant. I promise. What scares people is this: is that we hear these things. Over the last three years, we've been taught you really can't trust the media. They won't tell you the truth. You, uh, we see this stuff going on in Ukraine with Russia and with China and Taiwan, and we worry about World War Three. And it is your retirement, which is a security blanket. And when the thought of it not being available to you makes you nervous. But the truth is, is if people like me and people like your customers, if we lose all of our retirement, that means that the whole world is in, literally our country is all in complete chaos. And there'll be a lot of, yep. it. we'll all be concerned about bigger things, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, so, and we used to have the clients that would come in and be like, you know, what happens if, you know, uh, the our economy collapses and, you know, we go off of this fiat currency model we're on and back onto the gold standard. And I'm like, okay, if that happens, all of our money is worthless yeah. anyway. So then we don't need to be talking about should we be buying stocks or should we be buying bonds? We need to be talking about like, how many head of cattle, how many pigs do we have, how, how many chicken, and then do we have the brass to protect all of our cattle and chicken and yes. pigs? Because then people are coming, invading our land to try to get our cattle and chicken and pigs. And it gets, and it gets real nasty real quick. Uh, and you've seen it in, like, you know, especially in, uh, you know, like Eastern Europe, when there were all the breakaways from the Soviet Union and all the civil war that broke out, I mean, those are those are what we call shit hits the fan scenarios, and uh, like you know, gangs take over the city, and there is no policing. There is no, you know, the the military is not is not going to help and save us. It is going to be every man for himself, and uh, you know, and some of these people are probably some of our listeners who, listeners who may be preppers are like, all right, now he's talking my my language. And I would say, uh, you know, I think you also got to be, if that scenario happened, you got to be mobile because if the big gangs figure out you got a lot of ammunition and a, and a lot of livestock and you're just staying in one place trying to protect it, man, they're coming after you. I'd rather survive and be mobile, nimble. Yeah. I don't know how you do that. I've never done that before, (laughs) but I think that is where people are coming from. I, I just think there's a lot of, um, I think the last three years have been tough on people. Yeah. I mean, dude, emotionally and mentally, you know, and, uh, and we'll talk, let's just talk a little bit of politics. We won't get into the who's right, who's wrong, 
but there has been the last several years just in the political atmosphere, the stratosphere, um, you know, a lot more folks are very much emotionally invested in their parties. And there has been a lot of, um, uh, gosh, what's the word that I'm, I'm looking for? Like strife and, uh, angst separations. I mean, yes, angst and, there's been, it seems more people are more, we're more divided because we're, because people are more like emotionally invested into their party. And, and sometimes it makes us be irrational humans when, you know, if we can't think logically or think for ourselves and we just have to repeat what the party lines are. And I'm saying on both sides, of course, not just right or left. You know, it's like critical thinking has left the building and we're just, we got to have emotional victories, you know, in our, in our politics. And that's, I mean, it wears me out and I'm not emotionally involved, invested into either party. It's the New York Times admitting this week that masks didn't work. After two years of, if you said masks didn't work, you got kicked off of social media. <laughs> I mean, we, I did we're, not know that. we're living in crazy times. And people are, I, th I think for a lot of people who desire normalcy, it's, uh, it's unsettling. I, I think it's really that simple. Yeah. I mean, dude, there has been a lot of anxiety just in our world. Um, and anxiety wears me out, man. Anxiety, I think wears humans out and we've been high anxiety since really, I'm going to say since Trump took office, maybe a little after Trump took office, it feels like the anxiety of of our country has been elevated. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, stress is a killer, and people have been stressed. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to wrap there. Uh, we'll come back cool. next Thursday. We'll uh, be back with another edition of Mind on My Money. Then we're going to have a two-week hiatus uh, just because of other uh, other obligations. And then we'll yep. come back other and see what's, see what's going on. So uh, for Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Don't forget, it's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N-Wealth.com. This is not a time to be doing your finances by yourself. If you nope. can help it. So uh, get in touch with Martin and the people at Pinnacle. At least have a conversation. Let them uh, talk to you and see if there's a fit there. Maybe there won't be. And if there isn't, Martin will tell you. Yeah, that's fine. But maybe there will be. And maybe they can help you and they can help ease some of that stress and some of that anxiety. And uh, Martin and them, sometimes it's half their role is sort of being a therapist, a counselor. So uh, 100%. At, the, at the least have a conversation. See if uh, they can help you. And um, you'll feel better one way or the other. You'll either, no, no, I've got this. Or you'll be like, nope, I need help, and they've got me. So, again, it's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, wealth.com. For Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Until next time, take care. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.